Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. Our discussion for this podcast series focuses on leadership topics within pharmacy practice, including the business of pharmacy, development of leadership skills, career transitions, and more. We're happy today to be focusing on uh, ASHP Pharmacy Leadership and the podcast where we sit down with leaders in the world of pharmacy to discuss their leadership. My name is Sarah White. I'm a retired director of pharmacy. And today we will be chatting with Tricia Killingsworth and Rita Jew about pharmacy leadership as well as mentoring. They described their their experience in their letters from leaders in the pharmacy book recently published. So thanks for joining us today. Okay, to get started, I'm going to ask each of them to tell us about their schooling and pharmacy career to give you as the listener a sense of their background and experience. So Tricia, why don't you lead that off? Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate that. So a little bit about my background. I graduated um, with a bachelor's of science um, and my pharmacy degree from the University of Washington in 1993. And at that time, PharmD was not the graduating degree. Uh, so I went down a path of doing two years of residency. My first year was pharmacy practice residency, ASHP accredited. And my second year was also ASHP advanced practice uh, residency in hospital pharmacy administration. And when I graduated um, from the two years of residency and started looking at where do I go next, uh, my first job was actually as a consultant. Um, the hospital system that I had worked with for my residency program, um, did, wanted to have someone come in and start up ambulatory pharmacy services, um, did not have a position. And so they hired me as a consultant. During that time, I also worked in the emergency department and in oncology and pediatrics um, as a clinical pharmacist. From there, uh, the pharmacy director knew I was interested in continuing to grow. I moved into a pharmacy director position, and then from there worked, uh, moved into more of a corporate type of pharmacy position. These were very new. There wasn't a lot of health systems at this time. There also weren't a lot of corporate pharmacy leaders. Um, so really, it was building something um, from the ground up. Um, I've worked in three health systems as a vice president of pharmacy services. Um, I've also worked as a regional director of, of, ambul or of acute care pharmacy services, and more recently, working with the health system as a national director for pharmacy integration. So it's been a, a crazy, uh, fun career that I've had, but it really started um, with the bachelor's of pharmacy degree at the University of Washington, followed by the two years of residency program that set me up in my career path. Thanks, Tricia. That's quite interesting. Rita, share your experience. Sure. Um, hi. And first of all, thank you for inviting us to this podcast, Sarah. And um, so my experience, I was actually born and raised in Hong Kong. So I came to the U.S. Um, to attend college. And so I, and I first landed at UCLA to do my undergrad. And as a matter of fact, I ended up um, attending for two years uh, before I get accepted to pharmacy school at UCSF. Um, after UCSF, I decided that I want to go out and see the rest of the world. So I traveled out east to do my um, 
at that time, it's the PGY1 equivalent residency uh, at that time, but it's also called a clinical pharmacy residency at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. Um, after I was done with my residency, I have all my intention to come back to California to do a specialty pharmacy residency in pediatrics because I really found my passion in pediatrics during school and during residency. Um, well, fortunately or unfortunately, my fiance then, my husband now decided to go out to Philadelphia to do a fellowship. So we ended up staying in Philadelphia and I was lucky to get a job at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia as a clinical specialist in neonatology. Um, so that was kind of the first dream job I have. And a couple years after that, I became the clinical coordinator where I really was um, giving the opportunity to help drive the drug use policy in the hospital and really build up the clinical services there. So I was at Ch CHOP, as we call them, call it uh, for 14 years uh, and really building the department, uh, the clinical service from one of me to when I left, it was, there was 11 or 12 clinicians there. We built the investigation of drug services. It was drug reaction reporting program and all of that. Um, then I got recruited to back to California to head up the department at the Children's Hospital of Orange County as the executive director. And this is where I really um, got accumulate all of my experiences to doing all kinds of things when I was at CHOP um, and started to run the department. And a couple of years later, I was asked to also oversee clinical nutrition and lactation. And during my time at CHOP, I actually getting, I started getting involved in a lot of implementation of technology just because for patient safety, um, to improve medication safety, we really need to um, leverage on technology. So I actually brought in the hospital, the first IV robot um, in, the, in the world actually. Um, and we implemented the robot and that really landed me on my next job back to my alma mater at UCSF where I was heading up the, what they call the robotics pharmacy is really the central field pharmacy where there is um, all kinds of robots that I was responsible for also because of my pediatrics experience helped open up the women's and children's hospital at UCSF and and was also in charge of that and then um, and then eventually during that time I was also um, attending business school I was getting I was getting my MBA from the Wharton School uh, here up in San Francisco actually because they have the West Coast campus and uh, Soon after that, I was put in charge of all the finances and um, purchasing in the 340B program of UCSF. And then ultimately, right before I left, I was also put in charge of the main campus um, and the pharmacy services and its ambulatory care centers. So pretty much the entire pharmacy services reporting up to the CPO. And um, because of my MBA, um, experience, I was really trying to think about how I want to spend the rest of my career. So I decided to take some time off and started my own consulting business while I was exploring what else I wanted to venture into. And actually, I was looking a lot into um, the technology world, a lot of startup technology in healthcare. 
But then at the same time, I have been um, in conversation with ISMP and ultimately just very recently, less than two months ago, I um, began working at ISMP as the vice president of operations. A great career, Rita. Thanks so much for sharing that. Both of you have written letters in the recently published uh, letters from leaders in pharmacy. In your letters, you each describe the importance of mentors in your career. Describe how important finding and learning from mentors was for each of you. And let's start with uh, Tricia first. You know, when I, when I think back about my career, um, I can definitely say that my career would be very different had I not had it not been for mentors along the way um, who really saw potential in me that I did not necessarily recognize in myself, you know, starting back to when I was doing in pharmacy school and doing my pharmacy rotations and trying to decide when I would graduate, what would be my next step. I was very fortunate that one of the um, clinical preceptors um, recognized that I had potential um, to do advance. My, my career path initially was going to be, I was going to be a clinic, clinical pharmacist. I was going to go in to be a clinical coordinator and then go into being a pharmacy director. And, and one of my preceptors recognized that I had the potential um, to advance. And so really recommended that I do the residency program. Um, that was where I landed was where this clinical uh, preceptor was at. She said, this is a fantastic residency program. You really need to consider um, advancing your, your career and, and doing the residency. And so that really led me down my initial path. During my um, first year PGY-1 residency, um, again, another preceptor recognized that I had potential to become that leader um, into pharmacy director type of position and encouraged me to do the second year of residency in hospital pharmacy administration. Again, this was when there wasn't really a lot of health systems out there. It was more individual hospitals. Health systems were just beginning to form. Um, and through that year, second year residency um, is when the health system I was doing my residency at uh, really formed. And so I had an incredible experience to understand how to bring together disparate hospitals um, into a system, what that took um, as far as leadership of a pharmacy department to a, a system level. Um, and then during, um, after I graduated, uh, that same mentor is the one that really recognized that they wanted to grow the AmCare services and created that position around ambulatory pharmacy services. Um, as I went from that into wanting to continue to grow in that leadership with those mentors really pushing me to, you know, take courses, to think about um, leadership. How do you develop yourself as a leader um, through readings, through um, working um, at the hospital? They had a lot of leadership um, opportunities there for courses and engaged in leadership programs. 
also taking on responsibility outside of pharmacy, uh, really growing pharmacy services, getting to know folks and thinking differently besides just pharmacy about how you needed to grow programs was a great experience as I was bringing up the ambulatory pharmacy services in these 12 uh, physician clinics at that time. Um, so again, I, you know, mentors have just been part of my growth opportunity, um, how bouncing things off of mentors as I have thought about my next move and my next career advancement um, gives you that outside view of someone that sees you from a different lens and can help guide where you might want to go next as you're thinking about your careers. And certainly for me, uh, this has been a tremendous part of where I have gone in pharmacy um, and has been part of the experience that I've had in leadership as well. My guess is you mentor people as well, correct? I absolutely do. And it's such a joy, I have to say. Um, you know, I have folks that will reach out or as we have residencies uh, programs and at the corporate office as well, you know, just being able to have um, that opportunity to formally mentor uh, individuals through that residency program, but also through connections of ASHP and state pharmacy associations. Um, I've had individuals reach out over the career, over my career and be a mentor as well. Um, during my time at the University of Washington, I actually helped to set up the uh, mentor, formal mentor program that they have there to match incoming students um, with pharmacists that are in the community um, that can help guide them as to where they can go with their careers as well. Yeah, and it's a two-way street. The reason I can text is I asked one of my young mentees, teach me how to text. I think I should know how to do that. So thank you. Rita, share with us your experience in utilizing mentors. Sure, absolutely. But I have to chime in and say, Sarah, is definitely a two-way street. I've learned so much from my mentees as well. Um, but I, I really think that my mentors are the ones who have shaped me to who I am today. I really, as I was reflecting back, especially as I was writing the letters, I really feel, um, believe that um, they are my role models that I was emulating their behavior and really trying to build, grow myself into the leader that I aspire to be, the, the qualities that I see in them. So for example, I would say that a lot of my management style and my leadership skills were really shaped by my two, my first and second bosses. Um, so Winston Suhu, um, my boss at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia really gets into me in my head this, how we needed to be very detailed oriented when we are planning pharmacy operations. And yet I can see his, his strategy, like he can think very strategically, but then comes down to the minutia of little things that he, um, we are planning for operations or implementing a certain program, being very process oriented and data driven and really strive for 
um, standardization to prevent medication errors and improving efficiency. So that really, I'm getting it. I always joke and say that if people don't like that, that you can blame it on him. But I think there's a lot of great things that I've learned throughout my time at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, even though I was doing my clinical work, that's literally, I was learning a lot of those operations through the interactions with, with my mentor. And then I think the other very powerful influence I had was from my second boss, who was the vice president of patient care services um, and chief nursing officer, um, Dana Bledsoe. She really showed me a different way of looking at how we should behave as a woman in leadership. I really never think that I should be taking any burdens that I have from home um, at work. And I, when I'm at work, I should really just be at work and not have all the nuances at home bother me. But then her examples that she's setting to um, really incorporate both her work and at home values into her leadership style really gave me a totally different perspective of how I should be a role model for the rest, for, for the other women leader in the organizations that I'm in. So I think I, I really do believe that they shaped me into the person I am today. Perfect, <clears throat> thank you very much. Let's switch a little bit and would each of you talk about your experience and the importance of culture and the work environment has been for you and then how you try to create that for the people that work for you. So with this one, let's switch a little and have Rita lead it off. Sure, yes, definitely um, the culture of being able to take risk and learn from my mistakes is definitely something that was very important. As in my early jobs, I really don't have a lot of experience starting up a clinical program. So it was really, I'm really learning on the job. And I, I think I was just thankful that I have that learning environment where I'm able to just take some baby steps and experiment with um, things and being able to Im implement programs and learn from some of my mistakes in implementation and take those learnings to my next projects. Um, I think that is a very important culture and environment. And also I was giving a lot of opportunities to get um, professional uh, development and going out to learn how to put out um, a training program, for example, for our staff and learning all kinds of different tools that I can help enhance my work. So I believe this environment of, of learning and, but more importantly, being in a safe environment where you are not afraid to make mistakes. Obviously we can't make fatal mistakes, but really uh, celebrating some of the mistakes that we're we learned and learning from it and growing from that. Um, this is what I try to do for my team, especially um, in times when, I, and I think it's something that I'm still trying to perfect because it's so easy to, to just give advice to people on how to attack a problem. But really um, I am still every day trying to learn to create the environment where I can let people learn to make some 
um, through making some mistakes and support them uh, and make sure that I'm there to save them from making some really bad mistakes. But at the meantime, if there are certain mistakes that they can make and learn on their own so they can grow, that's, that's what I continuously aim to do and perfect um, in my work environment. Excellent. Tricia, how about you? I, I, I agree with, you know, a lot of things that, that Rita has said um, in regards to, you know, culture is so important. Um, you know, you have to, you have to be in a culture where you feel safe, where you feel that there is some kind of risk tolerance um, so that you can um, take some risk, some, um, you're willing to you know, take on some uh, risk tolerance, you're willing to try things that um, maybe in a less risk tolerance uh, environment that would not occur. You know, I, I've had the opportunity to work in uh, a few health systems, um, some that were more risk tolerant than others, some that were uh, more, um, they would provide the assurance, they would provide the ability as a team to come together and create ideas and other cultures that were not. And so what I have found is that if you create the culture that you allow your individuals to feel safe, to be innovative, um, to allow them to come together and just maybe try some things that may or may not uh, really work out, um, that you allow people to really be much more comfortable at taking those risks on to take on the um, responsibility to say, I'm, I, I just want to try this. I want to see if it works. Let's do a small pilot. Let's test it. That you can create new innovations in a way that if you have a culture that's less risk tolerant, that folks just aren't going to raise their hand to try to do something like that. I think it's really also important as leaders that we not only create those environments, those cultures for our team, but we also need to understand ourselves what kind of culture is the best fit for us. You know, in, in my experience, I, I certainly know that um, I need to have that innovative um, type of culture. I need to be able to um, take those risks um, and I, I wanna be able to create that for, for my team, but there are some individuals that like a little bit you know, tighter. Um, they, they don't feel as comfortable when you open all the doors and say, let's be innovative. Let's take a you know, blank piece of paper and let's come up with something. And so I think it's important as leaders that we think about the culture that we feel comfortable in, but also um, what kind of culture are we building for our team? And are we picking the right individuals to fit within that culture to be successful going forward? Excellent points. Um, each of you is a faculty member for the ASHP Pharmacy Leadership Academy. Would you describe the course you teach and what value you think it brings to the students? Uh, I'll just comment that we've trained now close to 900 of our colleagues in this year-long Pharmacy uh, Leadership Academy. So let's see, let's again flip the order and Tricia, we'll start with you. Wonderful. So um, I'm, I'm part of the faculty for, for the course two. Um, and course two is really to look at from a leadership perspective, 
how do you build a pharmacy enterprise? What are the important components as a leader for you to consider? So we start by really sharing the concept of what a pharmacy enterprise is. And then we get into some of the more nuts and bolts of as a leader, how do you think about building that? So we get around the organizational mission and, and vision. We talk about culture. The, the Again, the organizational culture is so important as you're building out a pharmacy enterprise. So is branding. You know, How do we brand ourselves um, to be recognized as a pharmacy enterprise across an organization? And then the ability to influence, to advocate, to negotiate for where pharmacy needs to go in the future. And then also leading within an organization, I think are really important skills. So this particular um, course that um, really focuses in again on how as a leader do I think differently? It's not a pharmacy department, but it's a pharmacy enterprise. It's all the business lines that go along with that. But how do we as leaders really focus in on uh, sharing the concept and building that structure and the influence um, abilities, capabilities to be able to build out the pharmacy enterprise? Super. Um, Rita, share your experience in teaching. Sure. Yeah. So my the, the course that I am teaching is in course seven, which is the last course for the entire PLA. A program. Um, so there we actually talk a lot about leading for sustained organizational and individual success. Um, kind of with this in the same line, I think there's a lot of themes in PLA. And one of the big theme is see, like, how do you think, see and act differently. And so we do start off with that and the different way of thinking. Um, and start and also address complexity and decision-making. Um, I remember last year as we started to teach that is way in the height of COVID. So this whole complexity and how do you make decisions was the, just the perfect topic for the, for the group. And then we also cover expectations and performances. And again, go back to the organizational culture and how do you change some of the culture into a more positive culture? And how do you make the workplace, um, energize the workplace and make it a more welcoming place for everyone to work in? And then finally, how, do, how does leaders shift their visions and kind of combining all of the things that they learn um, in and trying to think about how you can shift the vision of the organization. And I think the most valuable thing that I've seen um, students coming out of the program is really the capstone project that we make them do at the end is where they have to develop their own leadership development plan. And that's really where they can collect all the ideas of things that they've learned throughout the years and come up with their own personal leadership development plan and take it with them as they go along and start to implement some of these um, useful information. Perfect, thank you. Um, I also teach in the leadership influence and recognize that each year we have at least maybe 70 to 80, sometimes 100 students. And so they learn from each other in addition to what the faculty bring to the table. So I think that's kind of an interesting way in learning. So um, unfortunately, this is all the time we have today. I want to thank Tricia and Rita for joining us to discuss pharmacy leadership and mentoring. 
Join us here on Tuesdays where we will be talking with ASHP members about leadership topics within pharmacy practice. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.